You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's another episode of Conduits of Trouble. Zolgad, uh, Chip Scoggins, Declan Goff, kind enough to produce for us. And uh, Chip, do you want to talk about your Atlanta Braves? No. Because you grew up. No. Do you know what I forgot until it was tweeted yesterday? Your guy, Bob Horner, ended as a St. Louis Cardinal in 1988. Yeah. I didn't know that. Bob Horner, four home runs, Bob Horner. I thought he was Babe Ruth. Against Montreal yeah. in 86. I, I remember that game. I, I thought he was, I was 15 years old. I thought he was Babe Ruth when he hit four homers. It was awesome. Um, no, your text yesterday, I'm on the treadmill. <laughs> I'm having a great run. I actually ran seven miles yesterday, so I'm I'm, I'm at like my, well, you're looking good. Thank you. I'm at like mile four, and T- Judd texts me. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I thought, "Is he watching? Is it? <laughs> am I laboring that bad?" <laughs> so I text him back. Or I call him because I'm on treadmill. I call him. Of course, Judd lets to go right to voicemail. No, because I was on the air. I couldn't pick it up. Oh, you're on the air. I was on the air. Oh, my man. I looked at the score. I'm like, "Oh my god, Chip's not going to be okay." I thought you just avoid me. So then I text no. back question marks. And because I don't, I can't take. You know, I'm running. I can't do a whole thing. And 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 uh, just says the Braves score. They're down twelve nothing. <laughs> luckily, my head. I was like, oh my gosh. So luckily, the or unluckily, the 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 treadmill at work has TV. So I flipped it and has TBS. And so I got to watch the uh, some of the debacle. It was thirteen nothing. So I I was sitting there thinking, you had the right idea. I was like. I've seen that game before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Oh, TBS used to carry that game every night. <laughs> I only wish we had Skip Carey, Horns, Murph, Claudel Washington. Yep. Oh. The whole crew back. Absolutely. Ten-year-old Chip would Biff have been Biff Daryl Chaney. Bruce Benedict. Yeah. Ken yeah. Oberkfell could be at second base. It would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would have. Ten-year-old uh, Chip would have been crushed. But what? I, I didn't see the first ten runs in the first <laughs> inning. Ten runs in the first inning. Yeah. <laughs> Twins fans. Mike Fultonevich like wasn't up. the answer. Oh, my gosh. What's happened to your childhood? I know. Your Vols? Vols, Braves. Your Braves. What's going on with your childhood? I'm having a bad run here. Yeah, uh, that, one, that one. I thought I thought the Braves. I felt bad for you. I thought the Braves would be a sneaky pick to get. Because just watching there. But, but there's part of me thought, okay, they're maybe too young for this stage. Yeah. They, they have too many young players. But um, I didn't think they'd lose be down 13 nothing after three innings that was no i can't imagine many people stuck around for the end of that one so how okay but where i will give the braves and cardinals this is that won a game that goes five games <laughs> yeah dodgers washington now the dodgers that choked game, it last that, night that game was awesome last that night, game was though. awesome it was yeah. fun especially if you didn't have a horse in the race sure five games we're taping this on thursday tonight there will be a game five between um tampa and houston that's the more surprising that's the most surprising one but yeah. Okay. There, I know. There were four series. I just <laughs> named three of them. All of them went the full length. Which one doesn't couldn't, fit? The Minnesota Twins couldn't I even. Know. You couldn't even go four or five games? Yeah. and Win a game? And how many of those four would you, at the beginning, you felt like was going to be the most competitive? I thought the Astros would be the, the least competitive. Yeah. Okay. Just thinking out loud to what you just said, um, I thought the Dodgers would win in yep. like four. I thought Astros would be a sweep. I thought the Astros would take care. And they won the first two yep. pretty easily, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Astros, I agree, would be a sweep. 
I thought that the Atlanta St. Louis. I thought Atlanta would win in four or five. Yeah, but I thought the twi- I picked the I Twins this, in five. I, I thought, thought this one would go four. Okay, I thought I'd go five, um, but I thought it would be really competitive. Yeah, and because I thought it, I thought we were going to see a bunch of nine to seven games. Yeah, but I don't. We said before that that. Nelson Cruz and Sergio Romo and Marwin Gonzalez don't care about the, the the Twins and Yankees history. They don't maybe even know it. The, the Jinx, whatever. I don't think it was that. I just think I think they were over. The whole team collectively was overwhelmed by the moment. I mean, look how look how bad the pitching. We knew we can talk about that, but their lineup took incredibly bad at bats. Mm-hmm. They swung at everything. They didn't take professional bats like we've seen all year. So I don't know if they, uh, you know, were intimidated by Yankee Stadium or playing the Yankees or the the stage or the moment, but they did things that were out of character offensively. Pitching-wise, you know, kind of is what it is. Right. Guys weren't ready. I mean, Littell definitely was scared. Stashik was put in. never should have been put in that position. Uh, But I was surprised at how poorly they – performed offensively I, I think offensively it's very fair to say they just simply choked like yes they just choked I mean there's no I I don't I don't buy that they weren't damn good so no. so I, I don't yeah. think this was well it caught up to you and now now were the Yankees superior to a lot of the teams they played during the course of the of course. season of course they were but you hit 307 home runs so I think they choked but there's a lot to unpack here and because I think the pitching was mishandled by the team yes by Rocco but you're, but to come back to what you just said, and, and if I had told you, if when we were doing conduits last Wednesday, if I had told you, hey, Chip, some insight for you. They're <laughs> going to score seven runs. I think you instantly would have said, well, they probably get swept. They're gonna, yeah, they have no shot. That's it. Go, going back to it, um, I think it, looking back on that, I think it's definitely a mistake that they didn't pitch Odorizzi in Yankee Stadium. Yes. To ask Randy Dobnik, who was driving an Uber and all that, and is a rookie, that you – they they trusted analytics over human emotion. What, but here's what frustrates me about that, and what I don't what I don't get, Chip. They seem to me during the course of the season do a really good job of um, balancing those two. Mm-hmm. Like if they had been all stat geeky all year long, yeah. and it had worked, and then they made this mistake, I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, but they were stat geeky. But I thought that Derek and Thad and Rocco did a really good job of balancing the the analytics with the human side, and so. The they, game two thing they completely whiffed. They overthought it. I think they had. But I think they had four days to contemplate this, and they overthought it. Okay, but explain this because so I I wrote um, from game one to publish at the gun. So the game got done. I yeah. published a story, a column, and the column said the Twins almost certainly will have to now start Odorizzi in game two because the pressure on Dominic having lost game one is too much, because I was in line with Dominic starts game two if you sneak out with game one. So is it overthinking it? Is well, it, I like I, if I'm writing that with the logic of why they should have done it, to me it seems like a pretty simple yeah, decision. Yeah, but even if they had won game one and you say, well, they they came here to get their one game, there's no pressure on them, I, I still think being in Yankee Stadium in that environment, how loud it was and crazy they are, to ask a guy who's a rookie – yeah. Who hasn't been in big moment, even regular season, to go out there and and perform well? I would come back with Odorizzi and said, "I'll take my chances at home where there's less pressure, and you, at least you have fans on your side, and not scream." You know, so I I think they just got consumed with the fly ball pitcher, sinker ball pitcher thing, and didn't think 
Hey, maybe this might be a little bit too big a stage for Randy Dobnik, you know. But how can you not think that after Latell and Stasek literally peed down their pants like in game one and you <laughs> saw it, like you saw it. Yeah. You said to yourself, because the one thing I missed on, I, th- this was my first time in the new Yankee Stadium. I went to the old one as a fan a few times, and that was a, a freak show. Like, yeah. it, it was a freak show. It was it was um, New Year's Eve on steroids. <laughs> uh, I had been told that this one was sterile. And like more yet, corporate? Yes, corporate. Just more sterile. Just yeah. not, it didn't have the character. And it is more corporate. But what you just said. It's playoffs. Yeah, and when you are holding a small ball in the middle <laughs> of that stadium, and those fans are, and by the way, those fans are standing and screaming at you. Yeah. And you've got pinstripes and umpires who are going to probably squeeze you. Yeah. That's, I, I missed on that one totally. Well, it, yeah, because. My bad. It I might be, it might that. be corporate and a little less um, hostile 162 times or 81 times during the regular season. But playoffs, they're going to bring it. Yeah. And I they mean, did. It, they're not going to sit on their hands during the playoffs. And so, yeah, I mean, that was a whiff. The bullpen usage in in game one was a whiff. I mean, and you saw Rocco in, in game three is more his desperation. It's like, all right, we're going straight to Taylor Rodgers and, you know, and work backwards almost. Yes. Keep staying alive as long as you can. Yes. And he just, he trusted his guys too much based on the regular season. Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking, okay, you know, like in the playoffs, like a lot of times, uh, NBA teams will say, "I got to shorten my bench. I got to shorten my rotation." I think he went in with the same way as, "All right, I'm gonna keep the same. We're not changing anything." Whereas he probably should have said, "You know what? I'm gonna shorten my leash and say I'm going with Rogers, May, especially Romo. Game two. Yeah, that's what amazed me was he treated so at the pregame press conference before game two. He was asked about the decision to start Dobnik against Jake, and you know, weighing that it was pretty much a must-win game. And he dismissed that. He said, I don't see this as a must-win. It's not a must-win until game five. And he literally treated this like, to your point, it, it was July 3rd. Because post-game then, I asked the question, in the third then, when, when things when Dobnik, it was just clear that, yeah. not surprisingly, the stage was too big for Randy Dobnik. And I asked the question, did you consider Rodgers or Romo? Because he brought in Duffy. And it's not that Tyler's not a good pitcher, but he had pitched the day before. Yeah. And I said, did you consider Rodgers or Romo since they were fresh because you got to get out of that? Yeah. And he's like, well, no, if we had done that, we would have had to pitch that. The next guy to come in was going to have to pitch a little bit longer and everybody was going to have to pitch. Like the answer didn't make sense. And the other thing, and I didn't didn't think about this at the time to ask him was, and he did this a couple days in game three after that, was – Taylor Rogers had gotten tried to get six outs before. Yeah, like you could have pitched him to get out of the third sure. and the fourth. Yeah, so it's a very weird way of thinking that I thought really missed the point of what playoff baseball is. Yeah, and what do you think of the the uh, mood in the clubhouse after Game Three? I uh, it was the same as after Game One and Two, which was see no evil, hear no evil. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. It, it almost like we're all like, we're all one. Kumbaya. But didn't it feel like? Almost resignation. I didn't. I didn't. I gotta be honest with you. I didn't sense a whole lot of disappointment. No, that's my point. But they never show disappointment. Rocco's whole mantra is not to show disappointment. I mean, it was almost like, hey, we had a great season. We're happy. Yes. Yeah, we, that's we, what it was. We didn't play our best. But Chip, we'll see you next year. Game two. You're down. 
you're down 2-0. Like at least three is you're just done. Yeah. I've seen I've seen elimination and so, so have you locker rooms before. Yeah. And sometimes and it's, it's quiet and kind of yeah. guys are heads down. Right, but then sometimes it's also like guys like being who the season's done. Yeah. But the game two was the one where you had to have it because I thought they were done after game two. And it was the same. It was, yeah, you know, we're I, going back home. And then the theme became, well, we're going back home. And you wanted to say, but you guys were better on the road than you were at home. Yeah. But I honestly think Rocco's whole thing is see no evil, hear no evil. Everybody is one. The universe is, <laughs> is, is one. In alignment. Yes. And so it's a very, like, during the course of a 162-game season, I totally get that. Yeah. But playoffs hit. I think it's got to change. There was never a sense of urgency of the moment. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get that sense where I thought somebody would drop an f bomb and say, "You know what? We just didn't show. We, this was a missed opportunity. Uh-uh. We didn't bring our best even close." And but there was none of that. It was almost like, you know what? We didn't. We didn't play well. Uh, better team won. Good season. I, this is a, I think one player even said this is a time to really not be disappointed but reflect on how great a season this was. Like, I think Mitch Garver said that. Really? And yes. I, I'm with you. That's the time to do it? But the game – but this whole thing, that never changed. That was the same after game one, the same after game two. It was the same after game three. It never changed, and I don't – and I just wonder if – I now, would be angry that it's like, man, we took bad at bats. We didn't, you know, well, lose or weird. Five games. Yeah. If Tampa can like take, we didn't H- even, we weren't even competitive. And if Tampa can take Houston to five, yeah, you should be able to take. You can take win one game. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But Rocco, when Rocco was asked post game, after game three, are you disappointed? And it went into a long thing of no, I'm not disappointed. I don't think he. I mean, I really think it's a really good approach for May and June and July. Yeah, but I think you got to pick it up and well <laughs> next year for sure. And it we should segue into that because. They absolutely one hundred percent better come back with a front line number one. What's your okay? Okay, what's your definition of a front line guy? Because I think they're going to get two pitchers. Someone better than Barrios and Odorizzi. And it's not going to be Gary Cole. It's you know maybe not Gary Cole, but what's the next level down? Well, and that might have to come through a trade. Then trade whatever, because which gets us into a very interesting conversation. Like if you if you came back with a guy who is your true number one, better like. Okay, this guy is one. Barrios is two. Yep. Or Odorizzi. I would resign Odorizzi. Yep. You know he's he's made himself a pretty big payday, I would think. And what's Pineda's situation? Uh, option, but it. I think it's a team option. I don't. I don't think he's coming back now. As much as he now, unless he comes back for five dollars. Yeah, as much as he screwed him over, I would think no. Gibson, no. Perez, no. Would be a no for me. That's an option as well. Yeah, I would. Pineda, I'll look up because I'm not positive. Like I would try to resign. Do you guys like Dex to look that up? I would. Oh, okay. I would. Re- I would resign. Odorizzi. Unrestricted. Pineda. Pineda. I would resign Odorizzi, and he's going to cost you. But I would resign him. Yep. Brios. Yep. I would get a true number one. Yep. And whatever he costs me, if it's twenty five million dollars a year, you got to spend twenty five million dollars. If you have to get rid of, you know, one of your prospects, yep. get one of your pros- get rid of one of your prospects. Um. I would give Gratterall a long look as a starter. I think he's going to be out of the bullpen. You don't go back to a starter there? I th- I'm telling you, I think that from what they're saying, I think they see him as a relief pitcher. Yeah, yes. maybe possibly yes. closer. Would I like to see him start personally? Absolutely. But so you, you know, and then you can fill in your fourth and fifth. But it, I, like Gibson, I would move on. I would get a four and I would get an ace. And I'm with you on Burrios. What do you think, Perez? Pick up the option, he's your fifth. 
I just I don't know. I don't. You know, there's got to be better options than that. I there. probably would not now. Yeah. No, he and there might be somebody in your. I don't know their all their starters. If in their he didn't, that they might look at. If you didn't have the faith to keep him on your playoff roster, I probably don't keep him now. Yeah. Um, and Gibson, I'm with you. It's that's just time to end. Great guy, but I yeah, think it's yeah. time to turn the page. And he should not have been on the he playoff roster yeah, either. Was, the temptation to use him in game one. Was it that's is, why that game was there. I mean, you're down three, but it wasn't like you're down ten. But he's the he is the poster child for can't handle that moment. Yeah, like it's that's the thing is the three. I'll give Rocco in game one, and a lot of people won't, but I'll give him Latell, okay? Because Latell had been very good, and I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um. But after that, I give him nothing. I don't give him Stashek. Stashek was a massive mistake. But you're down by three. Here's the frustrating thing about that. You're down by three, and you basically put Kirk Cousins in that game, which is he's not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. And Kyle walks, what, the base is full and mm-hmm. gives up the hit. But, Tripp, here's what, here's what I don't get. Because we, we all, I think, correctly assume that decisions made by the Twins now are Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, and Rocco, right? Talking. Yeah, it's all three, yeah. On the field before game one, Thad went into great detail about don't be surprised if you see top-end relievers being used with six-run deficits because no game in this series is out of reach. So what the hell are you doing putting Kyle Gibson into a three-run game in Yankee Stadium? I think the whole thing choked. But, I mean, is that Rocco then completely? Like, where does that come? How does that – how is Kyle – the GM can't be telling you we're going to use our – basically what he was saying was if we're down by six, don't be surprised to see Taylor Rodgers. And we saw Kyle Gibson? You're you're waiting to use all your best relievers at the end of the game when the end of the game didn't matter. The game was over by the time it got to – you know. Correct. So, yeah, it just – Hey, he's a rookie manager, you know, his first time doing it, and but, he, he made mistakes. But I assume that people helping him would have been like, okay, here's how. Yeah. Like, don't don't make mistakes that if you called my cell phone in the press box, I could be like, Rocco, no, no, <laughs> no on Kyle. Ixnay on Kyle. Look at me yeah. up here, Rocco. No. I think that one was the loyal employee gets the nod. I mean, I don't tell disagree. me another reason why. I, the, I can't. But how yeah. does, but how do. Because he wasn't healthy. I'm sorry, he no. was not healthy. And how do Thad and Derek not tell him, no, know. you know, this know. is not to happen. I know. Kyle will pitch in, if we're down by 12, put Kyle in. Basically, I trusted him more than Martin Perez. Yes. But I just, that's one that. But don't use him. I mean, but worst Thad case, Levine, yeah. I thought Thad was right. Bring in Taylor Rogers down by three because you need to, to keep make it at three. Yes, because I can't assume my offense is going to go in the toilet, which it did, which ultimately this entire conversation about pitching is a little bit undone by the fact that they, they, didn't hit they flushed down the toilet their offense. Yeah. But that being said, you can't assume that. No, you got to play it out the way you – yeah. So – but, yeah, so I think – and I don't know what the list of available real, uh, starters are. But it – I don't think – I think it might have to come through a trade, which we'll get to. But, but I don't think you can come back with Jose as your number one. I don't need it. I, I just don't. I mean, the bar has moved. Expectations that moved. Well, and he's you're, you're, and he scared you a little bit too. It scared yeah, me at least. I, and I think doesn't mean I don't like the kid. I but think he scared me. I do get the sense that he'll probably try a different approach this off season because I, I I have to wonder if he's wearing himself out with his exercise. Routine. They actually said um, so there there was a get together with the three guys uh, Rocco Levine and Falvey that the Twins did postseason get together on Wednesday, and they were asked about that and said that he actually Jose actually started to re think and redo his his between starts approach when he was struggling okay and so it was made very clear that they're going to probably approach things differently because he just goes so uh all out yeah but it's counterproductive yeah it is kind of and and i think he's learning that 
if it happened once, okay, but it's happened repeatedly right. that he's running out of gas, so he needs to. But but to be clear, in game one, he was fine. He, one earned run, three runs fine total, is, four innings. He probably yeah, should have gone. He didn't five. get helped by his defense. And the sure. fourth, he was if the fourth, he was outstanding. Yeah, well, and he should have gone back out. He only threw twelve pitches, but yeah, you catch the pop up, you turn a double play. Yes. His, yeah, and so he wasn't overwhelmed by the moment. He, his defense let him down, right. which is another, we should talk about that too. That now Buxton will help it. The defense, a healthy Buxton, if you can say healthy, um, but man, they were poor. In that throughout regard. The, well, and throughout the season, absolutely, you're right. So I don't know if that's something Rocco has to change where it's more emphasis on it, more what, but uh, their defense was not good. Right. And you can't... Bucks will help. Right. But, the but you know, game one, arise. Now, they claimed he didn't... They claimed that the ball that he didn't catch, I think, to start the third, if I'm not the mistaken, pop-up, yeah. the, the pop-up, was not due to his ankle. Right. I would... Yeah. I beg to differ. Yeah. But, you know, but the key, the poster child play to me in game one is C.J. Crone yeah. not getting that throw, which, by the way, it's not a perfect throw, but guess what? They often aren't. You've got to make that play. And you're right. They, and he's not a bad defensive. Or he, he was early. He and was. J.K. diving in game three. No, that was terrible. No, yeah. but you're. But to your yeah. point. But there's all these instances. Right. Yeah. There's too many instances of leaky defense. And, and, yes, you can score runs. I'm not saying that that can't, be, that can't eliminate those mistakes, but I'm with you. A big part of my a big part of my internal plan. So this is not going and getting great defenders, but a big part of my internal plan is making sure that defense is shored up for 2020. Well, so you wonder if if Crone's not back if you put Sano at first and then a better defensive. They they're claiming Sano is staying at third, but I'll get to I'll give you why I think that is. Well, you know, Polanco had some moments. I think that one. I think you just live with it because it's his hitting. Is going to overcome yeah. it, and the shifts in the middle infield are supposed to take care of some of those problems. Sure, and I do think Buxton's obviously going to make everything better in the outfield. But, assuming he can stay, right? <laughs> no, that's a huge if. But you have to say it. Um, but yeah, it's just I, I don't know if it's a focus thing or, or just they didn't emphasize enough, or these guys just aren't good defense. I think Rocco's whole also don't worry, be happy, laid back approach yeah. has an effect on teams' mindsets. You know, because I mean, basically, they they based their season on we're going to hit a ton of home runs, and we're we're a good hitting team, like not just yeah. home runs, but there did seem to be a laid back. And and the other thing is, and this is the this is the hard balancing act too, is there's definitely no repercussions for screwing up. Well, it's that's and that's a hard thing to. to I go back and forth on that one because, okay, Polanco makes an error or Arise makes an error, you scream at him. Does that really help? No. He knows he made an error. And Rocco. He, he, and he knows he, he screwed up. And Rocco so, says that doesn't help. Okay. Would benching guys, would benching Eddie Rosario if he if he's a little too casual out there? Maybe. But I think Rocco's thing is guys know when they screw up, they're professional. They don't need me to beat him over the head or suspend him or fine him. Right. Just do better next time. Learn from it. Correct. They had a pretty good culture in that, lock, in that clubhouse this year, Judd. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that. If Rocco comes out and is firing brimstone next year and starts acting differently, if that's I don't know that that's so. How, work. how do you shore up the de- things like the defense? Because um, I don't disagree, and and I also think I, like the like the JK thing was ridiculous. Like I like that is like maybe you watch it with video. I was like, well, you know, we can't do this. And why was Rosario all, all of a sudden in right field? I saw the explanation that yeah, Falvey gave Phil from the Star Tribune about how. Right field in Yankee Stadium, you don't have as much room to cover, and 
Rosario had the bad ankle, but then they got back to target field and they didn't flip him back. Yeah. And and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to imply that Rosario is a gold glove left fielder, but Jake Cave is inviting disaster yeah, in left field. Yeah, we've seen his, him, his screw-ups in outfield this year. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, maybe it's... Um, Maybe it's just more infield that, you know, maybe they, you know, have a little more infield. Maybe it's every other day versus, you know, however many times they do it. I don't know. But maybe it's emphasizing it without, you know, beating guys over the head like, hey, you know, you idiot. Don't throw the ball in the dirt or what? Well, you know? Right. So because I, I don't or think, just don't make mental mistakes. Yeah. Like like you're gonna make physical errors. I get that, but it's the mental like the arise thing. It fell. Yeah. Okay, that's I'm not gonna do anything about that. And the thing is, I don't because I don't I don't think the lineup's gonna change that dr- dramatically. Like oh, I, I think Mar- I, I think Marlon Gonzalez is back. I think there's a decent chance Crone's back because when he's healthy, he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I saw today what he he's gonna need surgery maybe on that thumb. Yeah, so clearly that. Affected him quite a bit. Uh, the outfield defense was a mess, I think, ever since Buxton went out. So, um, I think it's just going to have to be improvement from within. And how, however you do that, I don't know. But the pitching staff, to me, has to change dramatically. Okay, so here's my question for you. On the pitching front, because I think they're going to get two pitchers. And I think they will sign one, but they're not going to get Garrett Cole, and so the market might not bear the type of pitcher that you're talking about. People are going to say that that they would shop and will trade Rosario, which might they might. I would do it, but he's a corner outfielder. Yeah, those guys get? don't have. Yeah, what are you going to so get? here, so to circle back on Miguel Sano, Rocco made it very clear that he's staying at third base, which you would do if you want to shop him because you're not going to be like, yeah, we're going to, you know, what we're going to do, devalue yeah. him. He's going to be a DH. My question to you is, if that's what it took, if a team said, okay, I'll trade you an ace, we'll give you the ace, but Miguel Sano, I want that power, would you do it? No, I think he's <clears throat> I think he's at a point where if he's healthy, he could be a 40 to 50 home run guy. Pretty, assuming they don't change the balls dramatically, you know, but I think he has that kind of power. I would be more inclined to give up a prospect. One of your top prospects. So you'd give up a Kirilov or Royce Lewis. Yes. Yeah. Because I think I still think this window's open for this lineup to be, you know. But you would give up one of those if not both yep. of them. So because I mean yep. we're talking Yeah. To get the picture because, you're talking about, it's gonna come at a huge Yeah, because it, I it's think gonna hurt. I like I like I always prefer proven over unproven at this point. I mean, because you just don't know how those guys I mean all signs are they're going to be pretty good major league players, but you don't know. Right. You know what you're going to get from Miguel Sano, and if he's healthy, he's going to give you some airs at, at third, but he's also going to he's going to strike out a lot, but he's also going to hit for a lot of power. My only concern with him is what does he show up at Florida looking like, and does he take it? Did you get the best from him because 2018 was such a disaster? I think there's still more there. Or is this the new him, and he's going to what were his numbers? do what you just said, what, what turn you, that corner? What, what, look, Declan, look up at Sano's numbers. And, and he missed what? Did he missed two months? Two months, basically. He came back in mid-May, so he so missed he, April and then a good portion he, of it. He missed a month and a half and hit how many home runs? Thir- did he get to 30, I think? Yeah, he definitely was. I'll find 30. It. Yeah, he but that's my that's my only concern with him as well. Well, I because hope... he is a third ba- or, I'm sorry. He is probably a first baseman in the foreseeable future, sure. but you could certainly get away with him not with him still playing third base sorry next year. I I would hope that 
and this is a hope that he takes it. Um, he takes this year and looks at it as, holy cow, look what I did in, you know, not a full season. Yep. And this, this motivates him to stay in shape. And I, I have to think that as diligent as Falvey and Levine are about nutrition and, you know, all that stuff, player wellness, that they're going to keep an eye on him this, this winter. He hit uh, 247 batting average, 346 on base percentage, 576 slugging percentage. He had 34 home runs, 79 RBIs, and he played 105 games and had 380 at bats. So if you if you if you get him to oh if you get the if 150 you, at bats if you get this con- yeah if you get this consistently if if he can I mean he's going to strike out a ton obviously yeah he's but, all, I mean that's but that's if you can get game. this but I guess the point being would you is, be willing to give up that kind of production for depends on who the pitcher is I guess it depends but if I, if we're talking about a true ace and I'm and I have to get that guy it's going to hurt me a lot but what I'm saying is is I would be I would be willing to give up a prospect an unknown for an ace knowing that I feel like I have a guy that's going to hit 45 home runs. And that's my question of these guys is, and obviously until it happens or if it doesn't happen, this question is not going to be answered by them. But my question is, what are you willing to give up from from your talent pool to get an ace? Because I don't think that you're going to get one on the open market. So I think you're going to have to trade for it. Because you just think a guy didn't want to come here? Well, yeah, and I don't think that you're going to pay. I don't think one the Garrett, Garrett Cole is going to go probably to the million. to the Angels million. or Padres. He's going to get a ton there. My guess is that Artie Marino, who owns the Angels, who's trying to get Joe Madden, is going to pay Joe Madden top dollar to go to the Angels, and he's going to say, "I'll get you Garrett Cole, who lives down the street." Yeah. Um. So right there, now now we're talking much more of a fringe group of free agent pitchers. So but now, better than Burials. Uh, I'd have to look at the whole list. Just the point being is whatever you do to get this guy, either financially or in player procurement, as our friend Fran Foley once yep. said, it's going to hurt. Sure, sure. But you're, but I'm come back to your right. You got to do that because this window, like this, this year should have been. The, this year needs to be the start of a this, the bar. run. You know where the bar is now. Yes, you absolutely know where the bar. But is. this was not a. This was a pleasant surprise as far as wins go. But the American League Central Division title is not out. Well, that's a pop-up. You know, two years ago, yeah. 85 wins, you make the wild card game. Yeah. That was fun. It was total pop-up. See, and we'll go through it. And they're not going to hit however many. They're not going to hit a – they're not going to surpass their home run total next year. I, just, sure. Every guy's not going to have a, a historic year for themselves. And I think baseball is going to tweak the, the ball. But I actually saw a note today. The playoff baseball home run rate is way down. So we the, we've we brought it, 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 it is it is the catch rule in the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, we have rethought what we yeah. were doing. But but but, they know, but Rob Manfred knows nothing about <laughs> that's this. Right. He yeah. has no idea why. <laughs> um, but we have to assume Garver is going to be pretty good, right? Because he's going to make the yeah. He's going to do the work. Arise is going to be good. Polanco is going to be good. Yes, we know what you're going to get from Snow Rosario. You, you pretty much know what you if you don't trade him. Well, Snow, I hope on. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not Kepler. But, I don't think Kepler's gonna have a historic year again, but he's or record. But know, I think he's solid. One career year again, but he's gonna he's solid. He's a good player. Sano and Buxton, would, and this is a remarkable thing to say because well, I never would, I never would have thought that this team had, had the success with what I'm about to say. Sano and Buxton to me, like I need to see Sano come back in shape and do this, and Buxton, I need to see play games. Well, yeah, Buxton, we we think you know what he is. He just has to stay healthy. Yeah, um, and so I. I think it's still a good lineup, mm-hmm. and it can be a good bullpen. Like if you if you come back, we saw enough 
over a long stretch with Duffy and May, I think they can be solid into the bullpen guys. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rogers will be your closer. Mm-hmm. Um, Romo's probably not back, right? I try and bring him back. Though. I would try to bring him back because he's good. Um, I I like what I saw and felt he fit in pretty well there. Gratterall's definitely on. You yes, know, yeah, he up. might start the year at Rochester, but he's definitely. I up. wouldn't. Why? He's definitely up at some yeah, he's point. He's definitely a big part of it, and so. So you, I mean, you feel like it, it's a good team that you, we know what the bar is now. So now go spend the money and do it, or make a trade with a yeah. with your top prospects because. I'm not saying you're you know you'd win a championship, but you got to make this. You got to take the next step, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of improving the roster. Well, and this is and this needs to continue to progress. You can't go backwards. And right. Yeah, you can't now come back next year and be like, "Oh, we won 82 games. That's a disappointment, but we'll be back in 2021." Yeah. And and this also goes to what um Dad Levine said at a Twins Fest last winter when some fan, I think it was like a 12-year-old kid, <laughs> asked him about um Harper at the time and uh Machado. And Thad Thad basically said the window's not open yet. We're trying to pry it open, but it's not there yet. So we're it's not time to do that. It's open. And I came <laughs> I asked open. him that question on Wednesday. Well, I did. said I said so did you bring back that So scenario? yes. Yeah. And of course Fal- yeah. Fal- Falvey's like, "Uh, another one of Thad's comparisons." <laughs> but but I said, "So now I said, where is it now? Like where's yeah. the window?" And he admitted. He said, "Yeah, at that time basically we we had our fingers below the jam and we were trying to pry it open, but now it's open." He they didn't make promises. And we, but and, they know, and I only believe it when I see it. But they know exactly that it is open now. It's mm-hmm. wide open, and and I don't. You know what? I thought Cleveland was really going to fall off. I'm not convinced of, of that now. They got a, a lot of good well young run. pitching. They're too well run. Um, Chicago, I think, is coming on. They're going to be better. I think Kansas City and Detroit are still awful. But the point being is, it's going to be more competitive. I think. And here's a, here's a key thing. And Dave St. Pierre knows that you got fans back. Mm-hmm. So to do nothing or just to do like minor deals. You got fans back. Finally. You're right. Right. You went over two million. You have to do it for your, your team first, but you also have to show the fans that hey, we recognize that it took a long, hard road for you guys to come back. Yep. And a and a team that was fun to watch. And so we're gonna keep building on that. We're gonna make the team even better. And we're gonna spend money or do whatever to get a, a good pitcher in here. And this yeah, this is not the time. And and the thing is, one, you've got fans back. You're right. The other thing is you've got the wolves and wild now in cycles that aren't good. Mm-hmm. And so now is the time to, to have them back and keep them and keep their money. Yeah. Like drop your wild tickets. If they had wolves tickets, yeah. which they probably didn't drop those and come to us and spend with us and you buy our suites, buy our season tickets, because yeah, if you can now say we're going to be good for the next five, five, six years. Well, think about it. This is now a veteran team. Garver would say, Say he's a veteran. Let's say Crone comes back. He's a veteran. Polanco's a veteran. Rosario's a veteran. Kepler. Kepler's a veteran. Yep. Sano's a veteran. Yep. Nelson Cruz. We obviously know he's. This is a veteran team. Yes. This is not a young team that we're like. Ah, we're not sure. Yes. You know. This is a veteran team that you've got to maximize. It, it's a veteran team with what we consider right now to be a pretty good bullpen. Now bullpens are very weird. A veteran They're very team up and down. in their prime. Yes. They're a, they're a they're a veteran lineup. With what appears to be a solid, probably not great, but a very solid bullpen. And as you put it, the only thing where you have to go out and get help and you have to do it, and you know exactly what's what now, starting pitching. So they have what? One of the guys that you would consider Brios, right? Is the only one. So 
Odorizzi, free agent. Uh, Pineda, free agent. Pineda. Perez, team option. Yeah, and then... Uh, and the fifth starter, you don't. The fifth starter can be whomever. Yeah, Gibson's free agent. You so need you four. Have... You need to come back with four viable guys, and and you've got one. There's one under contract right now. Right, but and Jake Jake is an interesting um, situation because if you give him the qualifying offer, I think he might take it. I don't. I think he. Well, I if, think he's going to hit pay. If dirt. he doesn't, I'd be like, dude, you. Don't do this, but here's what's going to happen. See, I, I you think there's not going to be that money for him out there? Well, look the at the market. Years, yeah, if yeah. Dallas Keuchel can sit, Jake Odorizzi can. But sit. But here's the thing, though. But if he sits, you know he'll come back. If he sits for a while and it's not happening, you I well, think you'll know you'll my, be able to sign him. My point is, my point is that might not be as tough as it seems on the surface to get him back. And I'm with you. I'd like him back. And so now your question, you need to, I, I think you're totally right, Shipper. I think you need to have a scenario under which you, without a doubt, have bumped Barrios to your number two, two starter. And Odorizzi is your three. Yep. If you do that, yep. and then you fill in four and five, yep. I think you got some. All right, our remaining time. Lots of twins talk. Yep. Conduits gets to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on... I am so curious on Sunday. Yeah. A Philadelphia Eagles defense that is... Number one in the league is stopping the run. The Vikings are three. The Vikings want to run the football. We all know that. Yeah. Philadelphia's um, passing defense, and by the way, their pass rush and their line is really good, but they've got a couple cornerbacks hurt, is 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are 29th in passing. What is your game plan in a game where you, I think, have to pass some to be successful? I think it looks a lot like last week. Screen passes to Dalvin, quick, quick stuff over the middle. Try to get the ball. Try to get Cousins in a rhythm with quick hitting passes, and then you know, however, however many deep shots you want to take, whatever handful. But I think it looks a lot like last week, where you maximize Dalvin as both a runner and passer, and mm-hmm. you get some of those shallow crossing routes, things like that. That. That you can't, that cousins can't just sit back there and wait, wait, wait. Now you have to throw the ball downfield because it's too hard to move, have twelve play drives all the time. Absolutely, it just it, 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 the odds of that happening consistently are not there. But, um, but we've seen a screen pass can go for thirty yards. So that's a big play. So I, I think, I think it looks a lot like last week. My only question is the Giants were so bad; they're terrible. That because like that was an ideal uh, game plan. My only question becomes, can Kirk, in the face of pressure, because he's going to have some pressure, mm-hmm. get the ball out quickly, be decisive, and make those throws? Because if you could go to Diggs and Thielen, short passing game, the tight ends, but by the way, right now, non-existent yeah. in the and, passing and, and, game. And Irv Smith looks good when he, when he gets well, his opportunities. Irv Smith should be getting the ball more. He's like more. a wide receiver, the way Ir- he runs. Irv Smith should be getting the ball. Yeah. I actually have, I think um, in five games, Kyle has caught six passes. I have no problem with that, yeah. but I'm with you on Irv Smith. But I think if my question becomes, can you get Kirk to get in a rhythm to get the ball out quick? And you know what? At times he is going to see goats, and yeah. I need him to put that aside <laughs> and complete those passes. I mean, that Giants team, I had They're no terrible. idea. I had no idea. Oh. They they were they looked at times on missed tackles like it was a movie script in, in a comedy yeah. where they told players purposely miss thirty three in white because this is going to be funny. Well, I tweeted out when they scored this the sec- after second possession. First one was field goal, second one was the long the 98-yard drive, right? 
I said this should be a route because the Vikings offense can basically do whatever they want. And a couple people tweeting back, how could you say this route? They never, you know, route. I was like, are you even watching this defense? Yeah, it was awful. They can't tackle. They can't. And they, they literally cannot tackle. They and they don't have tackle. any linebackers. And I've never seen a defense take, look like they had the angle. I know. And just not be able to. There was a couple times where, like, all right, Dalvin's going to get tackled for, like, you know, one yard gain because the guys had, two guys had an angle on him. And he would just turn the corner on him. It's like, are they purposely trying to? That's what it looked like. It looked like a script where they were told to miss. Yeah. So they were horrible. So, I mean, this this will be, it'll be interesting because this will be the best defense they faced at home. Best team they faced at home. Before, you know, the first two games, they just, bad teams or Oakland. I don't know if they're bad or whatever they are, but they. Well, Oakland, I can't believe they beat Chicago because the team that I saw looked like it could win about two games. They're, they're hard to figure out, but. It'll be interesting to see one protection because they have not been good against good lines. How Bradbury and Elfline those guys hold up, but two if they if Cook can't get going, can Cousins take advantage of it? Well, and can you also involve Cook extensively in the screen game? I would and make that. I would try and yeah. make that your run game. Sure. They need to run the ball, but they also can't come out and say, Dalvin, you're going to be handed the ball 25 times today. Yeah. No, I would. Yeah. How many targets did he get last week? Seemed like a hand, uh, Dalvin. Yeah, I think he caught like six passes. Yeah, so he probably caught all of them. He got targeted. I can't remember if he dropped one or one miss. But so that seems like a pretty good number. I mean, I, I said all along like twenty-five touches for him a game, whether it's you know twenty, yep, carries and five. But let's whatever. say it's eighteen carries mm-hmm. and then twenty-five touches total. Yeah, which is seven passes. That's yeah. a lot to catch. But that to me would be the key here. Yeah. Because you've got to, but I, but then I come back to can Kirk handle that pressure to get the ball out, snap decision time, and the other weird thing about Kirk to go back a little bit on this is, you know, Kirk is one of the most uncomfortable screen pass quarterbacks with yeah. pre- that I've ever seen. Yeah, like I've always thought a screen pass was simple until I saw Kirk try and throw them, yeah, and he's like, he doesn't have that touch. Touch. Yeah. Well, and you got to think that, I mean. Philadelphia watched that game film from last week, too, and like, all right, they're going to try to get Dalvin the ball on yes. screen. So, th- I mean, I have to think that they're going to be focusing on that, too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is like last week was good for Cousins just to kind of breathe and relax and feel I, good. I'm and, totally and, with you, and I said the same thing. He needed that game. Yeah, it does, They needed that game. Yeah, it doesn't change the narrative about big games and all that, but at least they could just like the tension on their shoulders could get lifted. It a provided bit. a cushion that they absolutely had to have. Yeah, because it was getting tense, right? I mean, oh, it was absolutely. if he played bad and he'd lost. And now Diggs is saying, oh, I just want to win. That's why I wasn't yeah. there. <laughs> no, dude, that's not. That's yeah. not it at all. So, but I saw uh, Thielen's home today. With, he's sick. Yeah. So, we'll see. But that, that might just be a 24-hour thing. But, um, yeah, so this would be, I think people, I think you'd you would say the Eagles are a good team. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, are and they, they, they went into Green Bay and won. They yeah, and they now they lost to the Falcons. I don't understand that one. I think early Falcons on, terrible, they were, but they they also lost to Detroit. Detroit's not bad. Detroit's not bad. Yeah, but I think they're a good team. They're they're a good defense. It's going to be a good team. Test. It's going to be a good test. So this and Carson I think, Wentz will be a good test for this. This defense. is yeah. I think this will be a better. We've learned nothing in home games. No, just that they can. Turns out the Falcons are, they can beat the snot out of bad teams. Yeah, and yeah. the Falcons, I had no idea were this bad. Yeah, the Falcons are awful. And and that Oakland team, as I told you, looked like a two-win team to me. Well, I think the Raiders are one of those teams that can be really good or really bad, and yep. you don't know from week to week what they're going to be. I also thought that Oakland in that game, 
about a quarter and a half in said, we ain't winning today. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to pack her in. Well, that yeah. It, once it got down, it's like, all right, let's just get out of here uninjured. Last thing, are you, the golfers. Yeah. What have we learned? What What's the well, expectation against my Nebraska? For, yeah, my column for Saturday is yeah. this feels like a moment right now. They're not good with moments They're on not, that campus. Uh, I, moments on that campus have gone uncapitalized yeah, on. That's And I, I wrote that as like, we don't need to go into past moments. But to me, this feels like a moment. You're 5-0. and oh, You got Nebraska coming in. You're favored by a touchdown. We don't know the situation about the quarterback. Nebraska hasn't looked great. And if you can win, then you're at Rutgers and Maryland at home. Two teams that you should be – they should be favored these three weeks. This feels too familiar, Chip. It feels familiar. But I will say this. I – Last week, I thought they played their best game, most complete game. And when you can get their running game going like they did, and granted, you know, Illinois is awful. Right. Um, but if you if they run the ball like that, they're going to be a load because now it's like – How's oh, Nebraska against the run? Um, I don't think defensively – well, they're big. It sounds like they're big up front. Okay. And so, it'll be – I mean, the, the offense line's got to play well. I mean, and they and they played a lot better. Uh, this past week, like they actually look like not completely, but sort of like we saw at the end of last year where they were physical. They kind of created holes, but Rodney and Shannon, they're when they're healthy, they're difference makers. So if they can run the ball like that, and now all of a sudden you got to bring safeties and all that, and you got to pass, and they still got them. Well, that's the thing. If you if you force defenses to say, you know what, man, we better bring a safety down there and have our linebackers close to the line because we just can't stop the run. Right. In, they're in trouble because they'll just slant them to death then. And what's, those wide what's your receivers are good. I think they win. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. In a moment in a moment game, they're going to win. In, I think That's saying something for the In a program. moment game. I think it's going to be something like a – You've seen a lot of moment games. 34-31 game. Ooh, high scoring. Yeah, I think, I think both offenses are going to move the ball. Well, I should, I should factor in the weather conditions. Snow and sleet or whatever we're going to get. Ah, it's going to be great fun, eh? Yeah, it could be. Outdoor football. That might bring the, the scoring down because um, we may have some turnovers and things like that. But yeah. I, I think on a neutral field, good conditions, I think it'd be high scoring because I think both offenses are can score. We'll see what uh, Martinez, their quarterback, had a knee injury. They're not saying if he's and in J.D. Spielman might not play. Yeah, and he had a knee injury too, so. Or a leg He's injury. a fun kid to watch. I he's awesome. He he's a, play. Yeah. So, but I think they win. I think. Like I said, it feels like, hey, there's an opportunity. You, you want to get fans back? Twins are done. Vikings yep. are Vikings. You want to yep. get fans back? Go eight no. Absolutely. Go eight no. So if they win th- this game, then their first loss is prob- probably well, isn't – or their their first what should be threat of a loss isn't until – Penn State. Penn State. And, you know, Maryland, they did, they haven't matched up with good with them. Maryland has good athletes, but they're just a weird team. Sometimes, they, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're terrible. Right. But if, if they win Saturday, they'll be favored the next two weeks. All right, Chip Scoggins, another episode of Conduits of Trouble in the books. Talk to you later.